Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. have been ever um, in a situation where got you're being tested a little bit and it's accounted all joy but also it's not terrible or it could be terrible whatever but God is so faithful amen God's faithful even when we're not and if you're in a situation or if you're in a trial or if you're wondering if it's you or somebody else or whatever first of all can I just tell you God's only going to deal with you about you in a trial amen um but if you if you have a way of thinking about something and you think you're right and everybody else is wrong or whatever, then God's going to give you real confirmation, okay? He's going to give you confirmation supernaturally. He's not going to give you confirmation by people who uh, are naysayers who can agree with you or people who like to complain together or anything like that. That's not a confirmation, amen? That's actually more like gossip, okay? Um, so if I'm going through something, I don't ask somebody who I know is going to agree with me what they think. Amen. I mean, you might do that to try to work things out. That's not confirmation. Amen. That's not the confirmation. Confirmation is supernatural. Confirmation comes from God when you're like amazed at his faithfulness. Does everybody get that? Amen. This is for any situation, your work situation, friendship situation, family situation, situations that involve other people, situations that involve anything. Amen. So God is a God who gives two witnesses. And they're supernaturally given. Anybody can get two witnesses if you call a friend who, who's in agreement with everything you say. I could, I could get 100 witnesses, amen, if that was my idea of a supernatural witness. That isn't anything. That is, could actually be groups of people being deceived or groups of people going into darkness, amen? And that's for everybody. I'm talking for all of us. Everybody the enemy can set up. So that's not confirmation. Um, confirmation is when God supernaturally get somebody or something to share or to say something that you've been in the secret place with God talking to him about. Amen. Real prayer always starts not on the phone talking to somebody else, not even coming up to your pastor or leader or your group pastor and talking about something. That's not where prayer should ever begin. Amen. Real prayer should always begin with a conversation between you and God. Amen. I'm talking about a serious conversation um, between you and God where you close everything else down and go to the secret place, which means you get you get quiet in your spirit, man, and you seek the Lord and you mean it. And it can include fasting. It, of course, always includes prayer. It can include worship music. It can include reading some scripture. It, you should always when you're seeking the Lord seriously in prayer. You should always, I believe, have your Bible there. Amen? Because he speaks through his word. He'll confirm through his word. You can have voices speaking in your head that you think are God, but you need to have some scripture to back it up. And then you need some fruit. Amen? If God's telling you something off the normal, there needs to be some fruit to it. It needs some major fruit to it. And um, because how many knows that the, 
if you love God and you're pretty much sold out, which everybody here is, and I think about everybody who's watching and, and most people have ever walked through the doors and stayed any length of time, I really believe we're a sold out people, amen? But what we begin to think that every single thing that we hear, everything that's going on is God, how many know that our opinions can talk, amen? And how many know that the enemy can talk and try to sound like God? If you don't know that, then you're already deceived. I'll just be honest. I just seek the Lord, and it's like, Lord, show me me. Show me. How many would love to never go into deception? I mean, that's my, one of my biggest heart's desires is to not go into deception because the whole concept of deception is you think you're not in deception. Amen? The whole idea of deception is you're thinking you're in deception when you're not in deception. I mean, you're, uh, let me break the way, baby. Huh? You think that you are not deceived. And that's an indicator that you're deceived unless you're seeking God about it. Amen? And I mean everything. I mean, unless God closes that door. So if someone says something to me, if someone writes me something, if I see something on TV, there was a few things when I was watching Heidi Baker that God convicted me of, of areas of my heart that he wants softened, amen? So when this is going on, God should be changing you, amen? God is constantly changing us from glory to glory. He's constantly bringing us to that place of being perfected, amen, to that place of maturity. And it is a process, and we're all in it together. I mean, every born-again believer is in it together, amen? And, and so iron sharpens iron, and God will use situations, even family situations and church situations, sometimes family-church situations, work situations. How many know, and if, let me say, if you keep seeing yourself in the same situation, then you probably didn't learn what you needed to learn, Amen? And so God is going to run that situation, through, or let me say this, God steps back, the enemy runs that situation again. Now, it's not playing, because Satan's really out to kill, steal, and destroy. It's not playing. He, he, he really wants to destroy people. He wants to destroy relationships. He wants to destroy businesses. He wants to destroy incomes. He wants to destroy ministries are big on his list. He wants to destroy. He is a destroyer. He, one of his names is Destroyer, amen? So he's gonna get in any way he can. Here's the cool thing about the word of God. Satan can't get in any way that's not already written in the word of God. So if you begin to be a doer and not just a hearer and don't justify your just hearing and not doing, then the enemy can't get in or you can at least go and close that door, amen? God is so clear on how to handle things, amen? He's so clear because he wants us, what does the Bible say? He wants us to know the schemes of the enemy. He wants us to know the schemes of the enemy. So um, let me read from this, uh, I'm only gonna read a little bit of a chapter, so I, I, I've been endorsing Sadhu's books. This is a really good one on fasting. Um, it's called Exercise Towards Godliness. And it's not way out there like I thought, oh, this guy's so way out there, okay? This guy's like got lots of supernatural things happening. He is so sold out. He really is at a level that very few people, including myself, um, arrive at at least, you know. He, he's just totally sold out. He's never been married. He's called at 14. He lives in India. India is much more spiritual than us anyway as, as a culture. They serve all these different gods. And he got free from all that, but his... He doesn't have fear of the spirit realm. You know, he doesn't have fear of the spirit realm. That's all in their culture. Um, anyway, so it's actually chapter, 
uh, five was the one. So I woke up, I didn't know I'm on chapter five. How many think it's so cool when you don't have to even go looking for stuff, it looks for you? You know, and then you, how many how many times that happened? You're like, oh God, you're so good. It's like you've had that CD sitting there, sitting there, and all of a sudden you feel, okay, let's play it, and it's it speaks to you. And 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 you could have had something, a book, and you tried to read it before and just didn't go there. Can I tell you something? If you're trying to read something that's not going there, it's because Holy Spirit's not taking you there. Amen. If you're listening to a teaching that's not doing it, Amen. Just, then just get real and ask Holy Spirit to be. Ask Holy Spirit to completely be in charge of maturing you. Amen? And then be where he shows you to be. Um, God is really getting us to a place to really be a people to be spirit-led. Amen? And to be spirit-led, the flesh has to die. I'm going to tell you, if you have issues with your flesh, don't be surprised if God doesn't make you fast things that would be very hard to give up. You know, beauty for ashes is not the exception to having to fast. And I'm not just talking food. I'm talking whatever he says has become an idol in your life. If you can't lay something down for him, I mean, none of us want to have to, amen? But we really, he's gonna test us and deal with us and we don't want any idols in our life, whatever that can be. Exercise can become an idol, amen? Um, uh, recreation can become an idol. Of uh, course, food can become an idol. Um, codependent relationships are already idolatry. Amen? Um, having to be successful. All these things can be idols. Amen? What's an idol? Something leading you that's not God. That's an idol. Amen? An idol is something that leads you, that you organize your life around, you organize your thoughts around. Money can be an idol for sure. Amen? Amen? Ministry can be an idol. So um, your job can be an idol. It's anything that Holy Spirit is not ordering the steps of. Amen? And so if, for me, when that happens, and um, I'll, like, for example, like, I'll go, for me, it can be uh, just hanging out at the beach. That's one that could get me. This year, it hasn't at all. For me, that used to really be a big thing. And it does, I'm not saying if you hang out the beach, I'm not saying that's about you. you I, there, I can still hang out the beach. Years I hung out the beach. I'm just giving you my example, okay? And so the Lord would say, okay, and I really had <clears throat> a really, please, Lord, don't say I can't ever go. You know, if there's anything where you would say to God, please, God, don't make it so, then, then there's, God's already showing you. He's okay. He's a loving God. He's a good God. He likes us to go and do these things. It can be about eating meat. It can be about, I don't know everybody else's. I just know mine, okay? Um, it can be about, for me, sometimes it's like calling Don on the phone so much and vice versa. And then the Lord will say, okay, don't, don't do that. Or I want you to do this in the morning before or make it a 10-minute call or something like that. Any, anything that can become a habit, anything that can become anything, that leads us, amen? Anything that leads us. And let me say, God is a good God. He's not trying to punish us. He's not a God. He's not a God of sacrifice, really. He doesn't want us sacrificing things. Truthfully, now sacrifice is because something's become an idol. And he goes, lay this down. And so I'm always, Lord, show me what to do. So, <clears throat> so then I, one day, this was even this year, I really felt in my heart that I wasn't supposed to go to the beach. But there was no reason. We weren't doing anything at the house. John and I weren't working anything together. I didn't have anything to do, so to speak. So I went to the beach. 
I'm just talking about me, okay? I'm not, if you go to the beach, I know people go to the beach, I love going to the beach, I, I'm not talking to you. If God's talking to you, he's talking to you, I'm not, just so you know. I'm talking about me, that's been my thing. Um, so it's like, okay, Lord, um, show me what this is. And, and so I went anyway. And nothing bad happened. My marriage was fine, the house was still there when I got back. But I was miserable at the beach. I was just, I was like, my brain kept wanting to be somewhere else. I wish I was doing something different. And I kept thinking, why did I even come? It, it took me forever to get out of the house, the, the traffic, you know, it's just all these things. I said, Lord, and what was he doing? He's taking, he's making my desire to be in his will greater than my desire to enjoy something that's not, that's not, he never wants you to enjoy sinful things. Amen. Amen? That should go. If you're a believer and you've walked with God any length of time, that should start going right away. Amen? Filthy television shows, uh, stuff, because any of that, I mean, if God's not working that out of your life really fast, I'm just being honest, it shouldn't take years to let go of sin that encompasses. Amen? It really entangles. Entanglement sin is not what I'm talking about here. People know you shouldn't do this. That should not. If that takes years, you're either loving it still or not going where you can get true ministry to get free. But can I tell you, if you hate it, you can't get free anyway. You, you won't do anything you hate. Amen? If you hate it, you won't do it. So the real question is, why don't I hate this? And so you can actually use ministry as an excuse to keep doing something that you don't hate that you know that God hates. And then you justify it in your head. Well, because I'm doing this, it must be okay. Because I'm trying to get help. No, there's no such thing as trying to get help. There's, you walk out because you hate what God hates and you agree with God and you're led by his spirit to get free. Amen? Amen? Okay, this, we, I, I think we've over, I don't know, I just think we've taken away from what God says in his word. We did Hebrews 10, when was that, Tuesday? Boy, that's a powerful teaching. Get Hebrews 10. And um, so anyway, so with this other thing, so I was miserable. So this weekend for me, it's a gorgeous weekend. This is like go, you know, to the beach, be outside, that kind of thing. And I woke up yesterday and I kind of wanted to go to the beach because um, it was gorgeous. And, and I just really just had that same feeling for me personally that, no, just stay home. And John had no plans. He was working on the bathroom upstairs. I don't but you know, I just had so much peace. I watched three hours, three or four hours of conference online, um, sitting out on the, um, on the, the uh, deck, and I did some laundry, and I was able to fix lunch, and I fixed a nice dinner, and it was just peaceful. It was nothing through the roof wild. And it's like, wow. I'm, and, and you go to bed with that, thank you, God. You know, you go to bed with that, thank you, God. This, this was a great day. And so God wants, how many know that God wants everybody's day to be a great day? Now some days, I'm telling you, um, Edie and I went out of town um, to go to a beach to, to see her son a uh, couple weeks ago, and it was the best little mini vacation. It was so blessed by God. Everything about it was blessed by God. Um, it was just a really awesome time. Amen. So my prayer for me personally, and my prayer for those of you who really are ready to go where God wants, is you're going to really let him start ordering your steps. Nicole can tell you. Nicole can tell you that when she really feels led of God to put something together, it goes wonderful. But when then she feels like she has to do it or obligated or it's nice, the right thing to do, you know, the right thing to do might not be the God thing to do. 
And then you find out what? You're frustrated, you're angry, you're bad about and, and part of it, other people can do stuff. Amen? So God wants us to begin to flow to see who, who's supposed to do what? Who's going to do what? We need to get out of the mindset that that's always what they do, and that's always what they do, and that's always where, how that works. We need to break habitual everything. Amen? We need, to break, we need to break being led by habits. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? And, and part of breaking through that is really getting a really serious prayer life with God. Amen? And I know, I know you can... Um, you, I know, if you heard Rollin, some of you didn't, Rollin Baker was really good yesterday because he just goes into this deep, deep place to say this isn't about works. This isn't about pleasing. This isn't about, mm, this isn't about pleasing God by what you're doing. This is about you are pleasing to God when you're led by his spirit. Oh, get that one because the two get so close. This is not about your works pleasing God. Because you can work and work and work and you're not going to please God that way. And happy birthday, Linda. And you're going to get, you know, uh, it's going to be one of these, uh, it's not about that. When I am led by the Holy Spirit, I am pleasing to God. I am always loved by God. Yes. Amen? Everybody say, I am always loved by God. I'm always loved by God. I'm not trying to get God to love me. Amen? I'm not trying to get God to love me. Say it. I'm not trying to get God to love me. He loves me. But I want to love him more. Our loving him more is really a choice. God is not a God of condemnation. That's, that's works oriented. Oh, God's mad at me. No. God knows if I would get free from being led by habits or free from being led by anything in the flesh and and if you need to fast and some of you do you need to fast for this and and to say I want to be led by God and so now this doesn't mean if you have work tomorrow morning and you so feel that God's telling you that wouldn't be fun amen okay amen because um that's not how God operates, all right? If you're not supposed to be at that job, then um, you have a real vacation day that you can take legitimately. Don't ever use sickness to skip out on work and open the door for the devil to make you sick. Everybody goes, oh, no. Amen? Amen? It's not worth it. If you have a vacation day, then use your vacation day if you really feel that God wants you to stay home. or, you, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I used all my vacation days. Well, you probably didn't use them led by the Spirit of God or you'd have a vacation day on the day he says to take a vacation. Amen? Amen? God knows the math, you people. He knows your schedules. He knows your jobs. He knows your bills. He knows everything. He's not trying to, to trick you in this. He's trying to lead you in this. Amen? He's trying to lead you in this. He wants to make everything work out for you it doesn't mean it's going to be easy because he also is making us into his likeness, which means the flesh and the other things have to die. God loves us. He's not against us. He's for us. Everything that makes us go, ah, is just an area to say, okay, God, show me this thing. You know, I know when I, I fell in love with my house when I first moved in and it starts to be an idol. Oh, you know, and how many know that idols can raise their heads back up? It can be pets, like people who are rescuing a million pets. And, and there, there's, it can be spending money you don't have. It can be Amazon. Amen? Amen? 
It could be uh, eating out all the time or running to this and being so, All these things can be idols if what? God's not leading them. And, and your health is going to more than likely suffer for it. You know, God says in his word, um, in the old covenant, the Sabbath was taken extremely seriously. And in the old covenant, from sundown, after they ate, I think, whatever sundown would be, so eat right before that, <laughs> they would fast and they would do no work all the way until sundown on Saturday. And that whole day would be for the body to rest, to, um, you know, um, I think they were allowed to eat, but it had to already be prepared. And so basically it was set aside for family time to go to church, to the synagogue, to hang out, or the temple, to hang out with God, to have a time of refreshing, of putting God first, giving him the first fruit, giving him that. Now we've, the church, the organized church changed that to Sunday. And, and as a new covenant believer, the Bible says it doesn't matter which day. If you're free from it being a certain day. But let me say something about freedom. Freedom doesn't mean that you don't have one. Amen? Your body needs a day off. And, and I'm not saying sometimes I know we've got to break that and do things. And then we need to ask God. And then we need to just say, Lord, show me the day off. Because the enemy will break us down. Amen? And so, but we need a time where we literally make God, uh, we literally connect with God and purposely connect with God. And, you know, in the word of God in Hebrews 10, it says, don't forsake the fellowshipping together of the believers. The new covenant, okay, here's the deal with the new covenant. Why do we not have to live under all those laws of the old covenant? Why? No, the main reason is, I mean, he fulfilled them, but that, that's like, oh, it's done, we don't have to think. No, because in the new covenant, and this was in Hebrews, we talked, the Holy Spirit comes in, and now he orders our steps. When God orders our steps, he will do more than the old covenant. Jesus said in the old covenant, we tell you, you know, not to sleep with your neighbor's wife or whatever, or it's sin. In the new covenant, if you even look and think about it, it's sin. It's a higher requirement. Not a the new covenant believer actually lives a life thinking about God all the time, not one day a week. Amen? Lives a life um, being led by God. Lives a life to be where he wants them to be when he wants them to be. And, and so we're actually probably going to be in church more. We're going to be fellowshipping together more. Not less because we're a new covenant believer. Amen? Everything about God is fulfilled. Everything is fulfilled in Christ and led by the Spirit of God. Let me just say, God came up with the idea of church. He came up with it. All of us have been hurt by it. Anybody knows my story? I didn't want to put the word church on the building. God says, it's, it is a church. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not. No, it is a church. People are coming here. People are getting uh, set free, healed, hearing the word. People are being trained up and equipped. People are worshiping. People are fellowshipping together. It is a church, Cindy. I said, no. <laughs> he said, quit coming against my idea just because you've been hurt in church by people. The church has never hurt me. The enemy has hurt me, and he's used people in church and in church leadership to hurt me. But God never got rid of his concept of church, the coming together of the believers. Amen? So 
Jesus talks about it. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer. And we're going to really start learning to pray. And we're going to enter in and pray more. We're going to be what God wants us to be. Amen? And, and he'll bring who he wants. And he'll take care of who he wants. And he'll work how he wants it. And so he's going to do this. And, and so we want to be a part of all that he wants us to do. And he wants us to be. Amen? Hello. Nice to see you all again. <laughs> so, so God wants us to be a sincere house of prayer. Amen? And that doesn't mean all we do is pray. But it means that prayer and praying for each other. You know, when you look in the Bible, what do you see with, um, when somebody's in crisis? When Peter was in prison and they were going to kill him, what did you see? You didn't see a person having to call a fast. You saw a people of God led by the Spirit of God coming together and praying and fasting and interceding. To the point of such power in that prayer that an angel went and let Peter out. How many are ready for, to be part of, not just receive from other people's prayers, how many are ready to be part of praying and seeing other people get their freedom? How many are ready to know that there is prayer people for real? How many know, like somebody's praying for a miracle on Facebook, right? And if it's somebody who has a ton of followers because they're a known minister, most of the time they seem to get their prayers answered because there's hundreds of thousands of people joining in. Well, all of us don't have uh, 100,000 people following it. Some of you have five people on Facebook and they're all family that maybe don't even like you. You know, so, 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 but the Lord's like, no, my house is to be a house of prayer. We want to move in such a place, like when um, in, in church the other day, somebody uh, had to leave because somebody thought they may be having a heart attack. And it was like, why aren't we praying? Because God told me it's not a heart attack, they're fine. And it was right. So it would have been, been a waste of time to get in the flesh and pray something that God knows is already taken care of. Amen? How many want to get in the place of flowing in the spirit where a prayer meeting is not boring because you're just praying everybody's stuff instead of being led by God to pray what he wants prayed, how he wants it prayed, and when he wants it prayed for his purposes and to see some victory and breakthrough. Amen? Amen? And so, um, so God's really stirring in my heart to understand how to teach this more and how to, I know, I, I'm not, I know how to pray. I know how to pray. I've had to pray through so many things. And, um, and I'm excited. You know, God is, God is just taking me into a higher place with him. And I believe he's taking most of you into a higher place with him. And because we're getting hungry. And, and, um, and he's just done it for me this summer. Yeah, I want you to look at your summer. And I want you to, you know, because this is the last week officially because of school starting. That's where it really ends in September, by the way. <laughs> and I'm holding on to September. Yay, all the kids will be in school. They won't be on the beach. <laughs> they won't be at the music. But, but overall, the whole world acts as if, you know, summer is officially over. But um, those who know. Get, those who still get their air conditioning bill, the <laughs> you know, oh no, it goes into September. <laughs> Amen. But but just look, so I'm so excited when I look at this summer for me personally, okay? And you need to look at your summer. You need to look at your season, look at your summer, and say, Lord, was this one of the summers where I can say, wow, you were in charge of the summer. You were in charge of the summer. You know, when I know last summer, I think I read two books, maybe three. This summer I read like 13 books plus the Bible, and it was awesome. 
I got to sit at the pool and read, but some books I have to read at home. Some of them, the Holy Spirit comes to me so strong, I'm not gonna read those in public. I mean, God's gonna just, and a lot of it was a combination. And, and, but I had a lot of time of relaxing. I had a lot of time of having uh, little mini vacations and all these things he put in there. Um, things were getting done. Our house. Do you see, what it, get in his will and he will give you grace. And you're like, well, I don't have that freedom. I have a job. No, you need to see your job if you're supposed to be there as a gift from God. You need to see your job as a place God will give you grace. You need to see your job as God wanting you to be light. You need to recognize that God, you're big enough to get me through this job. And Satan wants to hit us in every area that he wants to steal. If he wants to steal your job so he can steal your finances, so he can steal where you've worked yourself up to, then he can bring somebody along or situations along to try to steal from you, right? How many, know, how, many are read, uh, how many are at the point? I know after my daughter went to be with the Lord, and I know Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I rose up and I thought, he's not stealing from me anymore. He has tried to steal this ministry so many times. He can't have it. He can't have it. People aren't trying to steal it. The enemy's trying to steal it. God has given this ministry to me for whatever season, and then now there's enough young people coming in. I actually see vision to passing it on, and this going on and on and on until Christ returns, and whether that's before I go to be with him or not. Amen? And it's like, you've got to get... How I many know? My family is not going to be stolen by the enemy. Okay? But are you willing to pray? Are you willing to be changed are you willing to do what he shows you to do and take it seriously and not make prayer this little kind of go by thing or when things get really bad amen prayer is direct communication of us with our god who died he died the cross he did that painful death to do away with the old covenant which is where just a few people priests and prophets could hear him he did away with that so that you could hear him so that you could get direction from him. So he could show you what to do and you would do it. Amen? And, and that he becomes in, 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 um, in charge of your life. He orders your steps. Nobody else orders your steps. He orders your steps. He makes what looks impossible possible. He gives you grace. When you really feel like there's no grace, what's grace? God's supernatural empowerment to do exactly what he's called you to do. There's grace for cleaning the house. Some of y'all might need to get in line for that anointing. But there's grace for cleaning the house. Amen. There's grace for taking care of family. Amen. There's grace. There should be grace in your job. If there's no grace in your job, number one, make sure you're, not, make sure you're spending time with God to be filled up and realize you need grace for your job. If there's still no grace in your job, then ask the Lord, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And see what he says. Amen. And I, let me say, if I just went by how things were going and how the enemy was hitting, then I would have closed BFA down at least five times in its life. It's been around about 20 years now. At least five times it would have closed down if I was going. So I'm not saying if, if it's rough, go get it, just walk away from your job. First off, you can walk away from your job. You better be walking to another job that can pay the bills. Amen? Amen? So don't say, oh, there's no grace, I'm leaving. No, there's a grace to leave that opens another door to go through. Amen? Let's, let's, oh, let's not be those fake spiritual people who always have a mess because we use spirituality to do what we want to do and run away from situations that God's not telling us to run from. Amen? Amen? God hasn't changed his word. And in the new covenant, it's greater emphasis 
on the things God wants us to do. Amen? And so God is taking each of us into this place. And every one of us knows. I know you can be in the worst trial while God's dealing with you, but yet have this place of breakthrough with God. Amen? Where you just know that you know, this is awesome. Thank you, God. How many have had thank you, God seasons? How many know a thank you, God season? The real thank you, God season is usually a really rough season. It's the season where you had to cling to him. It's the season where you had to get in the word. It's the season. And the thank you God part came when you got to the count it all joy. Whew, I'm glad. I, can we always remember, seriously, what we went through to get to the count it all joy so that we don't become ungrateful? So that we lose compassion for other people who are in that season? Amen. We need compassion for people who are in their thank you Jesus season the going through season. We need compassion for that. We need, we need to get godly wisdom from God to speak into their life during that time. Amen? We need to, we need to recognize um, that everyone, because we go from glory to glory, we're gonna die to flesh, everyone goes through those seasons. Sometimes the enemy hits harder than others, and thank God we all don't have to go through the same horrific seasons as other people. But it doesn't matter. When God's taking you through a time of death to self and trusting him and deeper in him, I call it the thank you Jesus season. Because the only way you get through it is to become grateful and get to the other side. Amen? And then it's your testimony. It's your thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Amen? And then you can look back on that season and get insight. You can look back and God show you where you missed it or where you did things right. You hear God saying, well done. You hear God saying, we, you know, when you retake a little bit of a test, let's do this different. Amen? And mainly you should be able to see that you've changed. And people around you should know that you've changed. Amen? Let me, let me set up the scenario. And I'm doing, this to, I'm doing this because I believe when I get a prophecy about the ministry, which both of these were, it's for everybody who comes. Amen? And those who watch and those who are in any way, shape, or form spirit, spiritly still connected by Holy Spirit. Amen? There's people not here who get Holy Spirit still has connected. Amen? And so it's for them too. So maybe they'll see it or maybe they'll see it on Facebook or whatever. But that's how I believe. I believe when it's a ministry prophecy, not a Cindy personal prophecy, but a ministry prophecy, it's for everybody that God has called to the ministry, whether they're here or not here, whether they want to be here or not here, but he's called them. Amen? I, I see, you know, how many know a guy can have his arm out and have you and you're, you just can't get away because you want his will. Amen? When you want God's will and you really seriously want God's will, you can't get away when your flesh wants to get away. You can't get away when you've been offended. You can't get away because, because let me tell you what God showed me and I just believe this. Only if I'm a harling can the wolf scatter what God wants to do here. Only if I'm a harling. It doesn't mean that people aren't actively involved because they're in a trial. Amen? And, and so God has his, God has his, no, Satan can't scatter. The wolf can't scatter. It's a spirit. It's not people. I, I mean, if we can get this, <laughs> my heel was hurting so bad. And last night, as I was reading this and praying, I just got this breakthrough so big in my spirit. I know I don't, how many know you can know what the word says, but when the enemy hits and hits and hits, the enemy, the devil tries to get you to focus on people and not focus on spiritual warfare? How many know that? Amen? Okay, when he's doing that, he's bringing you down to a realm where he can attack. 
and you've got, now I will say, it's good to say what the word says in those seasons, amen? It, it, even if you're saying it with your mouth, not your spirit, right? Like, okay, Lord, I don't wrestle against flesh and blood, I don't get it, and Lord's like, but you are. In your heart, you're still wrestling. In your heart, you're not seeing this right, amen? So Lord spent this whole week to help me to see things right. And, and, um, and, and my foot, my heel, you know, heel, I, I'm real prophetic. I always look at the prophetic. I think everything physical has a prophetic meaning. Sorry, I just do. I believe, I believe we're spirit, soul, and body. And, and it works great for me. Every time I get to the spiritual thing, I get totally healed and things happen. But the heel, what, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that our heel will bruise the enemy. Amen? That, in other words, God's gonna give human beings authority to step on the head of the enemy, to bruise the enemy, right? So when my heel's hurting, I'm like, oh Lord, what's going on, you know? And, um, and then I got to some victory and then it stopped and then started again. And, and, um, and I don't just buy old age as an answer for everything, amen? Because I've got a God, if I wait on him, he'll renew my strength. I can rise up with, and there's too many prophetic people out there who are living way beyond the health of what they should be living at their age according to science. Amen? And I just choose to be in that group. That's my prayer. So I go to God for things. I don't just say, oh, this is just because I'm old. Amen? Yeah, I think that has something to do with how long it took to get to a place where God may be dealing with it and the enemy's able to use that. But here's the bottom line. If, if it has to do with crushing the head of the enemy, if I'm not doing that right, and I'm not fighting only with, you know, um, with principalities, then that pain could be a result of getting a wake-up call in my body that the enemy's able to do because I'm not doing correctly, biblically, what God's calling me to do. Amen? And I know if you come here for some, gosh, it's so deep. We go in there. I don't even think of this as deep, just so you know. And, uh, <laughs> but, but I get it. So that's okay. Just get what you can get and God will do the rest. Amen? And, um, but I will tell you, there's a real power when you can begin to go to God for things that are manifesting in your body and ask him to show you the spirit realm about it and ask him to show where your soul came in agreement with it. So this is the spirit realm where warfare is happening. It's in the soulish realm where I agree that that person's making me mad or that that person's trying to hurt me, or that person's doing this, or that person's doing that. Amen? Okay, and let me say, don't look at the circumstances. Amen? Don't look at the circumstances. Sometimes the circumstances, Satan just sets up and they look a certain way and they aren't. Amen? And sometimes they're exactly that. But that doesn't matter, because that just shows Satan is behind something to hurt a lot of people. Amen? And so we just have to get into this higher place in prayer to see this. So I'm just setting this up so you can see how cool God is and, and how he speaks with me so that you can recognize he's no respecter of persons. He'll do the same for you if you'll open up your heart for it. Amen? This isn't about, oh, she's so spiritual. This is about, no, this is how God, Paul says, imitate me as I, imitate, as I follow Christ. Paul goes, look, when you look at my life for what God's called me to do, you're gonna see how he works. You're gonna see so that you can get hungry for it and understand as uh, like, oh, okay, well, if God shows her that, then if I go seek God, if I hang out with God, he's no respecter of persons, it's all from his word, this is cool. Amen, that's, that, to me, that's real ministry and real leadership. Um, to me, that's, that's, that's very prophetic apostolic, okay? Um, teachers, yeah, teachers don't even have to 
ever lived what they're teaching. If they do, that's great, but teachers can read the word of God, pull out the references, do the cross references. That's a teaching gift, that's awesome. Pastor, now everybody, is the deeper you go in God, that's cool, the deeper all these mix together, right? But just so you get it clear, a pastor is someone who ministers to small groups of people, or if, they, if it's a true pastor oversees a church, you're gonna have, unless there's a lot of other people coming alongside and, and pouring in and that pastor lets it happen, a pastor has an extreme gift of mercy and, and, and moves in mercy, okay? A pastor is the one that wants to make everything right. A real pastor wants to put a Band-Aid on your boo-boo. A prophet wants to rip off the Band-Aid, squish the boo-boo around, and make you deal with it. So see where God works it both together, right? So the so pastor's like, oh, it's okay. God will show you. You know, you didn't mean it. And then the prophet comes along. And you're like, ah! Okay, right? So, and, and so, and then, but the teacher will come on and, and say the scriptures and, okay, this is how it works based on the word. And so a teacher, get this. Now, everybody can mature into all of it. You can be an apostolic pastor. You can be an apostle with, with a pastor's heart. You can, do you see what I'm saying? Maturity brings us all into all of this. But God's fivefold that he's put there, they, they're a demonstration of how we're all supposed to kind of start to mature. And when you see Jesus, you see all of it. You see Jesus. Everybody likes, yeah, yeah, I hear. You can hear someone who has a real strong pastor's heart and they only say the really cute things Jesus said, the sweet things, like, you know, and that's awesome because he did. But they always leave out, get thee behind me, Satan. You white into leaders in the church. You're a bunch of white to the woman. You're a dog. You know, they leave all that out because they only want to see everything through this mercy gift, this, this pastor's gift. So if you can begin to understand the body, then you will quit pointing your finger and judging at the other parts of the body that God says are needed, that you will see in Jesus. Amen? If you don't see it in Jesus, yeah, it's not God. But you will see it in Jesus. Amen? And you've got to recognize as he matures everybody. And so you recognize a true pa- I know... By tradition, we call everyone who oversees a church pastor. That's not true. That's not in the Bible. There's nothing in the Bible that says the pastor oversees. You never see Paul go and say, and I want to speak to the pastors. Actually, the word pastor is only used in the Bible like one or two times. I think two. (gasps) So is the whole structure messed up? Yes, somewhat, because it's supposed to be based on Jesus Christ as the cornerstone, the headship, the foundation, based on the apostles and the prophets, and then you're gonna have teachers and pastors. Okay, so just because someone oversees a church doesn't mean they're really a pastor. Amen? Okay, there's overseers. Overseers can be of any of those fivefold. But if the overseer is not... The overseer needs the other people. God's going to bring in the other people or the other giftings around them. And sometimes people have more than one of those giftings in a powerful way. You can see that in, in Paul. Amen? So, so we just got to get this. God knows what he's doing. He knows how he's going to do it. But people with that pastor's anointing just look at everything like, oh, how can, I, how can I help them? How can I make them feel good and encouraged? How many know we need that? And hopefully in most of our small groups, there is somebody in each group who has that heart. And the bottom line is don't, underline, don't undermine the others in the group. And we're not going to get, this is not at all what I was going to preach this morning. 
I never preach what I, I wasn't going to, I don't even know what I was ever going to, why do I even try to think what I'm going to preach? Amen? I have no, he, he just changes it. Just like, let me do this. Maybe I won't even do this other thing. Should I do this other thing? I guess we can. Anyway, I'm setting up so you can see um, how to overcome. Amen? That's what I tell you. We're going to learn to pray to overcome. You will never overcome blaming somebody else for anything, ever. You will never overcome for blaming somebody else, ever. Amen? You'll never overcome for that. You need to have a sphere of influence in somebody's life that God has given you to speak into their life the difficult things. And everybody should have people who have a sphere of influence in their life. So God is going to have people who will speak into your life. If you have no one who will speak into your life that you really have ears to hear what they're saying, then, then you need to really pray about that because you could possibly be uh, deceived. Amen? And you need to have ears to hear what God is saying. Now, God can speak through people. Like I have people, real prophets and apostolic people that you're going to see who send me uh, things through the internet who follow our ministry. And, and we've seen um, prophets come here over and over. There's like three prophets that really pour into this ministry right now. Glenn um, Garland, John Natale, and um, uh, Russ Klein. You know, we, you need that. And so you need that. And if you're here and God's called you here, then he's going to give me words for you. He's going to give me revelation for you. He's going to give me a way to help you walk in that. But because of my calling, you might get some spankings and love led by the Holy Spirit. Because anybody who knows me knows I'm not a pastor. Okay? Even if you're in my group, I'm not a pastor. Can I get amen? Okay? God chose for this church, for this ministry, to be overseen by somebody who's prophetic and with a calling towards the apostolic. Amen. Apostolic means someone who knows the word of God and clears it up for people. That's a true apostle. A true apostle is not about starting churches. There's so many churches now, we just need to get them apostolic. Amen? Amen? Starting a bunch more people to follow what you believe because they don't want to follow what they believe and they don't follow what they believe. That, that's a lot of disunity. God's going to bring it around to unity supernaturally somehow. Amen? And so truthfully, if you really read about Paul, an apostle sees things so straight and clear in the word of God. that They live in revelation, and the word says this, and when they preach, they can make something seem so clear that you didn't see before. But then every time you see it after that, you see it. That's an apostolic, that's not a teacher's anointing, that's not a prophetic anointing, that's an apostolic anointing. Amen? And true apostles will have power. So I would not take the title on, even though there's a lot of churches that recognize us from internationally and more and more, and pastors who contact us, we're in such a small place with it. Amen? And I'm not trying to give titles. I could care less about titles. I do want you to understand how God has set things up. Amen? So we can mature together and recognize what he's doing. And no position that God has given is greater than another. A, up, an apostle, a true right out there apostle is no greater in the eyes of God than a pastor. 
than a person who is in the marketplace. Amen? God is not a respecter of persons. He's not, he, he purposely puts everybody where he needs them for his purposes and his glory. And the only thing, the only thing you will stand before the Lord and, and he will talk to you about is the things he, calls you, call, he called you to do. There will be no well done and good and faithful servant because you had a gigantic ministry if he didn't call you to have one. If he called you to be the person who really prays and really intercedes, if you're the person to have people over and minister to them one-on-one, whatever he's called you to, do y'all get that? You don't, it's, not, it's not the American success story where you work your way up to a bigger position. That's not how it works in the kingdom at all. At all. You will stand before the Lord, and if, you did, if somebody did a million works that God gave them the gifting to do, and you feel like your main gifting was, was hospitality or to make people feel comfortable or whatever, you're only going to get rewarded. Now, salvation comes from accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and then letting God sanctify you. Amen? That's salvation. The rewards for the seats beside the Lord, you know, the, the throne seats for the, the mansions, for the authority in heaven, all of those things are not based on what he gave you to do here. They are only based on, did you do what he told you to do here? See, God gets this. You can't do anything that he hasn't put in your heart to do, and then if he put it in your heart to do it, you can only do it if he empowers you to do it. Therefore, it's really him doing it through you. Amen? And yes, there's a ton of other stuff going on in the church, but I believe as the shaking comes and the apostolics restored to the church, we're going to watch that church do a great falling away and many people exit that kind of church and come into a place of being led by the Spirit. And I believe a lot of that church, the whole entire congregation, the whole entire people will move into what God is doing apostolically when the shaking comes. Amen? And, and it always comes down to if you have a heart for God, you're going to be okay in all this. Amen? Does everybody get that? If you really have a heart for God and you want to love God more, you will be okay in all of this. Amen? Amen? It's good to know that. It's not based on your works. It's really based... Now, don't be deceived about your heart. The heart's wicked. Who can know it? Well, God knows it. And you can get sensitive and let God reveal it to you through his word, through, through true prophets, through however he wants to do it. Amen? Amen? And then you put it before him, Lord, change me. Amen? Not in condemnation. And it, ooh, change this. And let me say this. People, you don't change people. I don't change people. It's not my job to see your faults and try to change you. It's not your job to see my faults and try to change me. Amen? It's my job, led by God, to help you through his word and anointed preaching and teaching and counseling and ministry, however he sets it up, to help you hear what he's saying. And then you do what you want with it. Amen? And it's the same. If you have a sphere of influence, then, then you can speak. And I'll hear. I, li- I used to listen to everybody and everything. And I've learned not to. The Lord said not to because there's always going to be somebody saying junk. I do listen to people who I know love God, to people who I know who, who are mature to some level in God, people who I know seriously care about me. Amen? I always listen to my husband. I usually listen to my kids now that they're grown. 
to some degree. They, they can hit stuff pretty cute without meaning to, amen? I always listen to my friends around me and staff at this church. And then I listen to people such as um, that I had listed and people who come and minister here. Amen? You need to see who are you listening to and what's going on in their life. What's going on in their life? Why would you choose to listen to that person? Can I tell you there's no grace for somebody else's offense? There's no grace for somebody else's offense. There's grace for them if they'll repent and deal with their offense. There's no grace for us, any of us, to listen. If I have another pastor call me and start telling me about how they don't like this person or that person, I stop them. And I'm like, the Bible says, if you're offended, go to that person. Do you want me to go? First, you're supposed to go by yourself. If you can't get through, then I'll go with you. That's Bible. Bible. B-I-B-L-E. The word of God. Amen? He doesn't change that for anybody. Amen? And, and um, well, I'm not offended. People say, well, if you're not offended, make sure you're not deceived that you're not offended. Because offense looks like something. It changes what God had you doing. Without there being any fruitfulness to that change. Amen? It causes a constant trying to be okay about something that you're not okay about. Amen? And so God says, he's so simple with all this. He goes, if you're offended, go talk to that person. What's he saying that for? Hear their heart. Work it out. Share what's going on. Don't go as their judge. Go because you have the problem. Ooh, that was, uh, let me write that one really good. Don't go as their judge. If you are offended, you have the problem. This isn't just with pastors. This is with your employer. This is with your husband. This is with your wife. This is with your children. This is with whatever. You, we wouldn't even need lawyers within the body of Christ if we really had, if we walked in Bible. Amen? And when you go, you go to talk about your offense, not to change them. You go to say, why, I don't know, I need to know your heart about this because this thing offended me and, and, and that's not right. Not you're not right. Amen? This offended me. And then that person can tell you what they really meant and what they were really thinking and where their heart's at. And if God shows them to, to repent and tell you they're sorry, they will. Amen? But none of that happens without going to that person that, that has offended you according to the Bible. Amen? And God's so clear about it. He says, okay, if nothing happens, take another person. And that nothing happens doesn't mean they don't agree with you. That nothing happens means that they wouldn't share, they wouldn't see you, they wouldn't talk. If there's blatantly direct sin, then yeah, they need to, they, if they really sinned against you and they won't repent, amen, then, then it needs to be handled. 
and then you take someone else. And this really isn't overly talking about leadership because then it says the third option is have you know, nothing to do with them. Are you bringing, bringing leadership? And so the word tells us how to handle things, amen? And I'm just, I just believe in the word. I just believe that this, um, I don't want, people should not be controlled by people, amen? So, so if somebody's controlling you and trying to make you do something, you know, that's wrong. People should not be controlled by people. They should be led by the Holy Spirit. And so as we pray, so as we seek the Lord. Now here's the picture that the Lord really gave me in a big way. Um, he had to put me back up higher where I've been before to recognize. I think the part I had to recognize was when the enemy comes in and attacks, he's not just trying to hurt you. If you have a business, okay, if you have a business and you're the, the, the owner of a business, or if you're family, any, anything where there's a connection between the people, amen? So when the enemy attacks your business by using an employee, amen? But this is a good employee. This is somebody you know was supposed to be there, especially, with, right? When the enemy attacks, he's not only using this scheme to attack you, he's using this scheme to attack them and everybody else who gets involved. So the only enemy is the spirit behind the scheme. And the real victory is when everybody comes in agreement and says, oh, this was a scheme of the enemy, and God can bring healing and restoration. Amen? Amen? That's the real way it works. Whether you like it working like that or not, that's your problem, to be honest. God's word is true. His word is true. And if you choose not to do it his way, he ha he'll love you. He's full of mercy. And he'll keep working with us. Praise God. Amen. But it doesn't change. I, I'm kind of I'm ready for fast forward. Amen. I'm, I, I just want to keep walking in the things he's taught me and, and walking that out. So just to give confirmation. So, so as the Lord's just showing me some things and, um, <clears throat> you know, something, nothing major happened. Got a few people writing me and some saying things and and um what looked like a bad financial month turned around but you know all this trying to hit you and um and other cute little things just little silly things like all in the same week silly things <laughs> Lord. you know just trying to hit how many know one way you can know it's the enemy is when it really tries to come in from all different angles that's the time that you don't fight back in the flesh. Amen? That's the time where you go, oh, this is something really big trying to happen. Let me read about his real fast and I'll show you this. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. The glory of God shall be your protection. This method of fasting and prayer is employed for divine protection from the evil one. Let me tell you one absolute truth. The devil is real. The Bible says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. This is from the book called Exercise Towards Godliness by um, Sadhu, and it's really deep, so I'm not encouraging everybody to go run out and read his stuff unless you're really ready, unless God shows you to. Amen? If he shows you to, then it's, 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 there's no question. He's pretty deep. All right. Our warfare is not with flesh and blood, but it's against the powers of darkness. 
And so the Lord was using this to bust through, to bust through. Um, go ahead and play the prophecies because it all kind of ties in. It's kind of hard to give a testimony when, when it all kind of ties in. You know, isn't God cool how he really ties things in? I want to encourage you, open your ears to hear him. Amen? Open your eyes to see him. Get rid of your walls, your stubbornness, your own way of dealing with stuff. If you don't lay that down, you're going to keep going through the same mess over and over and over. Amen? And I'm ready, I'm ready to see an army rise up in this place who know how to pray. A people who love to serve. A people who want to go out and see people healed, set free, and delivered. Amen? And so the enemy, if he keeps us in our little tiny thing, you'll go to heaven, but you'll get there and, and God will be like, look at all these things I have for you to do for my glory. And you couldn't get past this. How I many are we're going to get past this? Amen? We're gonna just going to get past this. We're going to go to the next place. So, so I had those prophecies going. And then I, um, well, let me show, show the prophecy that I got in the mail. God used this to convict my heart in the sense of this is not about people. This is about spirits and principalities, which I know in my head. Do you know what I'm saying? But when the enemy hits and hits and hits and you keep seeing, you know, what should be full, what should be going in this direction, people who you know are called, people who you know should be just flowing in the gifts and being a part of what God's doing and you just see what the enemy's done and it's, you just, some, for me, I'm the I just want to shake you type, you know? And I don't, I'm not a back away and pretend nothing's going on. Has anybody noticed that? Amen. But, but I'm a shake you type, but I'm like, okay, Lord, I can't shake them. You have to shake them. But it needs to be done in love. It needs to be done for them. Amen. And, and I don't want to get the attitude, well, who cares? If, they, if they're not a part, they're not a part. That's the wrong attitude. Amen. The attitude needs to be, no, Lord, your will be done. Your will be done. And so, oh, we got to pull that back. I could just read it, but that's okay. Um, so it's, this, this comes from, uh, he calls himself an apostle. I know he's minimum, he's a prophet in, in Kenya. And he doesn't know me, okay? I've never, he watches our videos and, and um, he may have been at the conference I was in in Uganda, I'm not sure. I've got 5,000 people, I don't know, <laughs> following this ministry. But when he wrote this, I just knew, because it was on a day, um, the camp had happened, and so I had that prophecy, and it kind of lifted me up, but then boom, 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 stuff was happening, like three or four things happened, and so God sent a second thing. It says, every power ganging up against the purpose of God for your life. Get that, the purpose of God. Every power ganging up against the purpose of God for your life shall be scattered into desolation. Every evil conspiracy fashioned to stop you suddenly shall backfire and destroy the conspirators. Every enemy of your success shall be wasted suddenly. Errors of terror, stone of wickedness fashioned against your destiny shall catch fire now. You're becoming what they thought you couldn't become. Like a dream, suddenly your destiny shall manifest even in the presence of your adventures in Jesus Christ. Mighty name, amen. Now, then I was just really praying and, and it's like, Lord, I really want to know that this was you because I don't want to release something that wasn't you. We, when we were in the Philippines last time, they had this prayer they did at the beginning that was cursing everybody. Like, I mean, actually saying bad things to fall on the people's heads. So I was like, got up in my usual fashion, said, you guys, you can't do that. And they changed it. So I was like, so 
the Lord's like, this isn't talking about people. He never says anything about people. He uses actually scriptures of powers and um, the enemies and, and wickedness in high places. So then I just really got this picture from God when I was, when I was reading this book last night that this is assignment not just against anything to do with me personally. This is an assignment against people that the enemy is using, and all of us are part of it, to try to stop what he has for everybody. To try to stop what he has for everybody. And so all of a sudden, it was like, you need to pray in a powerful way that the enemy's conspiracy against everybody is broken. You need to pray that this wicked assignment, and all of a sudden, I just knew this was so much more spiritual than what my feelings were trying to bring me down to. Amen? Does anybody know what I'm saying? We've got to pray from a high place. We have to pray and recognize real victory is when everybody gets the victory. Real victory is when there's reconciliation. Real victory is when there's breakthrough. Real victory is when everybody enters into what he has for them. Whether it's here or somewhere else, it doesn't matter. As long as it's his will, as long as it's really what he has, it's one body, amen? And so... So I was reading this. I just showing you all this in one less than a week. Actually, less than a week. Guys, just showing me all these things, and nothing terrible is happening. Just so everybody knows, it's just I didn't even pick up on it. I could feel something in the spirit, but I didn't pick on it till a couple different texts came and a few emails came and and a few things were said here and there, and then the finances tried to zip and. And I thought, wow, the devil's at it again. You know, the devil's at it again. Not people, but the devil. Of course, the enemy tries to make you think of people. Amen? And, and that's where I'm like, okay, Lord, help me. Help me get back up high. Because the enemy wants you to say, forget that person in the family who keeps bothering you. Just get rid of that employer, even though God told you to train them up. Just, you see what I'm saying? Our flesh wants to just take care of the problem. That doesn't take care of the problem. The problem's spiritual. <laughs> the problem's spiritual. The enemy will just find somebody else who has the same t test they have to go through, the same stuff going on, and he'll bring it on them, amen? And, and then your part is to grow mature, and God's teaching me how to help these pastors. You know, then I hear, uh, even this morning, God is so funny, I'm listening first to Tony Evans, who talks about Joseph going through so much for so long because there was so much God was going to use him for. That it looked like God had given up. Why was nothing happening? But truthfully, it was so big, Joseph never could figure out how big it is. That's Tony Evans first. And then Courtney McBeth, I think maybe got pounded some too. He was kind of going through um, people talking about him and trying to hurt the church and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he just has to have God be his shield and all this. And, and I was just able to pray for him. And, and God, what is God working in me? Compassions for pastors and leaders. Compassions when I go to these churches with these small little groups who don't even know how to pay the bills. And, and to go, and especially in Southern nations, and to really understand what they're going through. Do you know Jesus became a man to understand what we're going through? He became a man. To under, how, everyone here knows that it wasn't until you had a child that you kind of understood more what your mom went through. That it wasn't until something happened to you that you had more compassion for your part of making that happen to somebody else. Amen? 
And so I will promise you, I am reaping what I've sown, okay? I have no problem recognizing the mercy of God and his word and his ways, amen? And I'm thankful he's merciful. And my, and my prayer is, Lord, teach me your ways, amen? Teach me your ways. Help me to be someone who really can help these ministers, not just have another good topic, another sermon. Let me be someone who can understand. The stuff I went through about injustice last year, it gave me so much compassion for black America. And I don't like calling it black America, but the world's, our nation's very divided right now. And so for those who, let me say it this way, those who... Um, label themselves as black America. Those who label themselves, let me say this, you're not black America if you see, label yourself as a Christian. And I'm not white America if I label myself as a Christian. If I identify as a Christian, color doesn't matter. Background doesn't matter. The problem in the church is the enemy has been able to cause us to label ourselves with denomination titles, with black church, white church, this and that. And the truth is those labels are still being out there. Amen? So we can't close our eyes and pretend they're not out there. But God can take us into a place to work in our hearts, to understand, to have a heart for. And see, I have a heart for denominations because I came up through denominations, but I never had that much of a heart for the pastors in all that until he made me a pastor, amen? Or gave me overseership or whatever you want to call it. It's easy being a minister, an evangelist, sometimes running around. It's another thing when you have to deal with, it's one thing for me to have a prayer line, everybody falls down and then, then tell everybody everybody's healed. And then people go back and three days later, they're really not healed, although some of them are, Amen. Do you see what I'm saying? There's the real deal, day to day, face to face, knowing people, what they're going through, that is the heart of God because this is about relationship, not organizations. Amen? And so, so I'm sitting here, and let me say, during this whole time I've had a blast, just so you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm just writing it. So I'm, I'm saying it not to get any sympathy or pity or anything. I'm writing, like Glenn said in the prophecy, I'm just writing the waves and learning and trying to learn. And when it pulls me down, amen? How many have ever had something pull you down even though you're walking with God? When it pulls you down, you better get on your face before the Lord and let him lift you back up. You don't stay down long. If you stay down long, Satan's winning. Amen? It, that he's going to pull you down is probably a fact that Jesus says you're going to have troubles tomorrow. Amen? It's not, that you're, it's not about having the troubles. It's about what do you do in the troubles. And you shall obtain joy and sorrow shall flee from you. Amen? Um, the, Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? And I had so much joy in them. Wham! Right? So when you notice your joy levels going down, it means you're not spending the time with the Lord that you need to spend with the Lord for what's going on to bring you back up into the place that he wants you to rule and reign from. Amen? And so this is going on. This, we don't ever pass a life. We never pass the season and say, we'll never go back there. You're already deceived. Amen? How many know? You, how can you know? Look at the life of Paul. Look at Jesus Christ himself at Gethsemane. You can follow the life of Jesus Christ, who was the perfect example of what it looks like to be a spirit-filled believer. Amen? And you see him when, his, uh, when they killed John. You see him going alone to get with God. You see him ministering and doing what he has to, but getting on the boat, getting away from everybody. You see his prayer life. Jesus has an awesome prayer life. Amen? And how many knows he was persecuted? How many know everything that could come against him came against him? Amen? To show us, 
We're to do it the way he did it. And then we get to read the uh, epistles and, we can, and then we have the Old Testament stories of God's intervention to show us deeper levels of understanding. But we can look at that and we can see how did Paul handle this? How many know sometimes they didn't handle it right and God puts that right in there? Amen? To show us, look, they didn't just whiz through this with no problem. You know, Paul was upset with, um, with Mark and said, you go with Barnabas, you were pain last time I took you. And then by the end of it, you see God had used that in both of their lives and actually Paul was requesting, send him. Amen? So what is God showing us there? No matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening, this God can do this person this way and do this, but by the time it's all said and done, each person has been changed. Amen? Each person has come back to what God's called them to. Our God is big. Our God is big, and this isn't a personal anything. It's about, God, you're going to do this thing. And Satan would love to get your authority. Wherever you really walk in authority, Satan would love to get it to get you to be someone to curse. I believe the main reason God doesn't pour out his power and authority on every one of us, because there's so much that needs to be done, right? Because if Satan got it, we would do so much destruction. Look what Lucifer did with the power that he once had. You know, all the gifts that he has, that he operates in, is, is he got them in heaven. And God doesn't take them away. So down here, they're used for evil and perversion. God can take the exact same things he's done in you and put in you and use it for evil and to hurt and tear up and you don't even know it. unless you let God really check your heart and you really get in the word and you really let the Holy Spirit reveal you to you. Amen? And he will. How many knows he will? God will. I, I believe that I know this without a question. Every person who really has a heart for God, they're going to come up standing in all this. They're going to come up on the side of standing. Amen? My, my job isn't trying to make you stand. My job is to, <laughs> to help you speed it up if you want to speed it up. Amen? If you don't want to speed it up, I, I know God's faithful and just and he'll take care of it. Amen? But sometimes people are asking, God, show me what's wrong. So you have ears to hear. Let him show you. I'm showing you my week. So then I'm reading this. So he's talking what I was saying in the middle. Um, so there's spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Our war warfare is not with flesh and blood, but it's against the power of darkness. The spiritual bat battle begins in high places and involves rulers of darkness. And then he goes on just to talk about the divisions of demons. Um, he says, um, he goes on to say, the holiest of Christians, we might say, could only do battle with the spirits of the former three groups, but the battle with the fourth group of demonic spirits um, has to be left up to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's actually saying there's some demonic spirits that you have got, God has got to come and destroy that you pray and you cry out and Jesus Christ himself comes as the commander of holes and we won't get into all that, but anyway. But remember one thing. He says, the weapons of warfare are not carnal. Okay, what's carnal weapons? Gossip. Name calling. Doing this and doing that. And then we know there's worse weapons that really evil people use, right? But those are carnal weapons, carnal weapons, trying to get sides, trying to have somebody have to, you know, choose what you want them to choose instead of what God's doing. Amen? Codependent relationships, all those are weapons. Those are all carnal weapons. I encourage everybody, get healed from where you've been hurt by people in church. If you haven't been hurt by people in church, it's probably because you aren't in church enough. 
you haven't gotten involved with people enough to be hurt. That's just a coping mechanism. I'm not going to really be part of the body. I'll just come and check off the list that I come every now and then. No, get right in the middle of it. Amen? Get right in the middle of it and get the iron sharpening iron. Get to the place where you've got to do what God says you have to do so you can get above it and you can walk in victory and you can understand what it is to be perfected by God, what it is to be a mature son and daughter. Get excited about it. At least in the church, at least in this church, they're going to be nice about it because the teaching's been good. Amen? Amen. For real. Everybody's on the same page of how to do it in this church. They've heard it for the most part. So what a good place to learn. What a good place to learn to do it God's way. Amen? That's not true of all churches, okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you. But it is here. Why? Because of what I've walked through, because of who God is, because of what he's showing me. Do I do it perfect? No. Do I repent when I don't? Yes. Do I make it right with people? Yes. I'm okay with repenting. I'm okay with making it right. I'm not okay with lying and saying I did something when I didn't because to try to get you out of your trial. Amen? You need to stay in your trial till you get the victory. Iron sharpens iron. You're in an iron sharpening iron environment. Amen. But won't it be cool when we all get to be iron? And we're following Jesus and not man and we're obeying God and we're not letting offense get to us and we're not letting um, people's opinion. And we're not doing our own thing. Lord, show us what to do. Show us how to do it. We're going to do it. Amen. Amen. And then you overcome and you break through and you repent when you do it wrong and you make it right. Does it mean, does it mean, look, let me just say this. God doesn't put us in bondage. So if you want to talk to people, talk to people. But when God starts convicting you of that, you need to deal with it. Amen? Amen? I don't like that when they, I've been there, they get in public and start talking, don't say anything. You can say anything to anybody you want. Amen? You can talk, talk, talk. You can write, you can text, you can Facebook. You can even put it on our post if it's not cussing and really, really negative. We'll leave it up there. What I, mean, I, I am not going to, by God's grace, going to fall into the control thing and manipulate and intimidate. Amen? I'm just going to speak the truth. Let's do this thing God's way and, and see how good he can make it all work out. Amen? Whatever it is. Amen? And, and there's nothing bad going on, just so you know. I'm preaching because God wants me to give this message. I'm showing you a little tiny, not even a trial kind of trial. So I have this awesome message to help you to understand what to do. God is going to give a couple confirmations if it's really him. It's not going to come from people who are in the trial with you. Amen? People in the trial with you or people who were in the trial before you even got in the trial, they're not going to give you the answers. They're actually going to have their own hurt places and offenses and bitterness to stir up. Well, how do you know? They're, well, if they're out of the trial, then they'll have it right. And they'll be doing things the way the word says. The first thing I would say if somebody comes to me offended, period, is okay, go talk to them. If somebody doesn't say that to you, you're talking to the wrong person. And that becomes gossip, which becomes witchcraft, which you can feel released. And what you do when that comes at you is you sincerely with all your heart bless the people and ask God to protect them and ask God to take care of them. Amen? But you pound the spirits. That's what God's been showing me. We're going to have a fun Friday night pounding the enemy. So he goes on there. He goes, but remember one thing. Weapons of warfare are not carnal. The warfare that we fight is spiritual. Such weapons... 
of spiritual, spiritual weapons are more powerful than missiles and jet planes. Our, and he says our weapons is fasting and prayer. When we don't use our spiritual weapons, also speaking in tongues is a weapon. Being obedient to God's word is a weapon. Doing what he shows you is a weapon. Blessing when you're cursed is a weapon, amen? Against the enemy, not people. None of our weapons touch people. None of our weapons touch people. None of our weapons touch people. If it's in your heart to touch people, you have bitterness. Okay? And bitterness tries to get in my heart sometimes. Can you believe it? Okay? People are human. Amen? Jesus had to, because he was just like us, he, he was led by the Spirit. So can I tell you that bitterness Okay, let me tell you about bitterness. Bitterness is you hear something or somebody says something or something's going on and the seed get, tries to get in. And then it's watered and planted by people agreeing with that seed, amen? And then pretty soon that seed starts to take root and true bitterness defiles many, amen? Bitterness is a root that defiles many. What does many mean? It means it's gonna go out and try to touch as many people as it can. It can only touch people who are not biblically doing it God's way because the root's gonna start going in you when you come in agreement with where there's a root of bitterness. And the Bible says it defiles many, amen? So our part is not to get in other people's offensive. Believe me, I get, try to get drawn into people's offenses all the time. Well, don't you see they did this? How could you still do it? It's like, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Don't even talk to me like that. Don't even bring, you talk to them. You go deal with them, amen? Amen? I mean, you don't just sit back and do nothing. You really deal with it, people. And it's amazing how true bitterness is because it's so subtle. But it goes in over here with just a little saying, are you sure you can trust them? Well, I don't know, God. You know, whatever it is. Amen? It just goes. It's like these, it's, the, it's, it's that seed, but its roots go out all over the place and tries to come up <laughs> where you don't expect it and plant a seed of bitterness. What's bitterness? Bitterness is feeling bitter. Feeling like, I don't know, this was wrong, or this was wrong. It brings you into all that stuff that are carnal weapons. Amen? And then you just gotta, Lord, bring me up higher. Bring me up higher. Show me. And, and he will. Okay, he says, um, if you don't use your spiritual weapon, you are not able to defeat the enemy. You might be able to hurt somebody, you might be able to walk away where you were supposed to stay or you might be able to push people away who were supposed to be there, amen? You might be able to uh, have no relationship within your family but act like it's love, amen? Everything I'm saying can do, has to do with anywhere where there's a group of people that God has placed there. If you're in a family, he placed it there, amen? It, it could, you could have a messed up family, but you're gonna have to deal with what he's showing you so that there's not bitterness. If it's in a church, a real church, it's not like show up, watch a video, and go home, and nobody knows each other. Okay, that's entertainment. That's not church, amen? But if it's where people have relationships and work together, Satan's allowed to do this stuff because God wants us to grow up and do his thing, amen? If, if you're working somewhere, if you're in the school, if you're on a board, if you're in a club, it doesn't matter. Not the club, okay? where Christians don't go to the club. I'm talking about like the old fashioned, you know, <laughs> clubs, like surf club and, you know, <laughs> all right, 
just hit me for a second when I said club like that. We go to club. Anyway, I've never been to a club, all right? So I don't even know what they are. But I mean, I went to Chi-Chi's once. When they, remember they had Chi-Chi's and they had a little bar over there? And a few of us were so drunk in the Holy Spirit that the drunks got mad and asked them to throw us out. The drunks had us thrown out of a bar because anointing of, uh, on us was so strong, it ticked them off. And they were regular customers and we weren't. So they threw us out. We got thrown out of a bar by drunks. I mean, a Chi-Chi's restaurant with a bar. And I did not curse them. I used to like going there, but they aren't there anymore. But anyhow, they did not listen to those drunks. Uh, the Bible comes like a roaring. Then he goes into this vision he had where Jesus was holding him and Satan was attacking him like a uh, uh, roaring lion. And, and he said, come and look, come and look. And he was afraid to get away from behind Jesus. Let me say, when the enemy comes, run behind Jesus. And then in this vision he had, he came up to the side of Jesus. The Lord goes, look, there's no teeth, there's no teeth. And, and he goes, ah, oh, there's no teeth. And he said, no, the lion of Judah is the powerful, real king, amen? But the enemy is like trying to imitate that, amen? He's trying to imitate that. He's trying to imitate a kingdom. And Jesus told him in this vision, but I took all his teeth out. So if you have no fear, there's no teeth, amen? If you have no fear, there's no teeth. So he goes on, um, uh, let's see. He goes on. The devil is successful at scaring us and defeating us because we are not using the weapons of our spiritual warfare. We are ignorant of the devil's devices, so he has an advantage over us. But now that you understand truth, he will no longer have advantage over you. When you bow and pray for divine protection, God would surround you with a wall of fire, and no devil can pass through a wall of fire to hurt you. Believe this. That's from Zechariah 2.5. Believe this. Remember this. Don't be afraid of the devil. He cannot come near you. If he comes near you, it means one thing. Either you are not living a life in prayer or you are ignorant of his schemes. But the moment you know about him, he will be afraid of you. Does everybody get that? Those are powerful. The enemy is only being successful because you are not going to God in sincere prayer and defeating the enemy and getting the assignment of God, or you don't know the schemes of the enemy. I think a lot of times people don't know the schemes of the enemy. How do I know if it's a scheme of the enemy? Get in God's word. And let me say this, ask Holy Spirit to make you sensitive, amen? If you're being pulled in, and let me say this, not judging other people, okay? So what might be a, what might, where, where God might give me discernment not to get involved, he's working in somebody else, amen? I'm not judging them as less than or more immature, whatever. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? So somebody else, they may have to work out something between them and God that I don't have to work out because I've already worked it out. This is always tell me, Cindy, this is not your trial. Everybody going through something doesn't have to be your trial. It's their trial. But you pray for them. You intercede for them. You believe me. You trust me. And, and like I said, don't take on a trial by unbelief, fear, or bitterness, or anger, or what? Carnal weapons. Carnal weapons put you back in a trial. What's a carnal weapon? Gossip. Trying to just work it out with friends. I don't have anything to work out. I've already overcome this. And so we've got to recognize, how do, I, how, do, how do I make it not become my trial? I do not use carnal weapons. I'm asking God to, to take my bag of carnal weapons and put them away. Amen? How many, how, many, how many want to hand your carnal weapons to God? 
Here, let's give them to him. Lord, we just give these carnal weapons to you. We give gossip, reasoning, trying to figure it out, trying to get other people on our side, trying to come up with the way it's gonna work when you say no, trying to <laughs> bust an idea. Lord, we just give our carnal weapons to you. Lord, I thank you for angels in this room right now taking these carnal weapons. Whoa, taking these carnal weapons. Taking, Lord, we repent. We repent, I repent it, for any carnal weapon that I've picked up. I don't ever want to put a carnal weapon in my hand again, ever. Oh, by your grace, God, I will never pick up a carnal weapon again. By your grace, God, I will never pick up a carnal weapon again. And Lord God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you get everything in my heart that would pick up a carnal weapon out. Whoa, that you get everything in my heart that would pick up a carnal weapon out. Lord, that you would give me wisdom to say what I need to say, that you would help me to break off all soul ties and even codependency that would kind of get me to go in my bag of carnal weapons. Lord, let me be someone who doesn't even know what people are even thinking or talking about if it's of the carnality. To the pure, all things are pure. Lord, I want to get into that category. Whoa. Lord, I want to get into that category. And I just give you praise. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing here. I thank you for what you're doing everywhere. Holy Spirit, what you're doing everywhere. I thank you for what you're doing for everyone, Lord. Lord, for those who love you, who they will stand. Who are we to judge another man's servant? For to his master, he will stand or fall. And the Lord Jesus says, and I will make him stand. Lord, I release that right now in the name of Jesus over every person, Lord God, that the enemy is trying to get us to judge. Over every person that's trying to get us to judge. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I agree with you. I am not another person's judge. Who am I to judge another man's servant? For to his master, which is you, Jesus Christ, they will stand or fall. But God, you will make them stand. Lord, you say you will make them stand. I'm in agreement with you that they're going to stand. I'm in agreement with you that they're going to be led by your spirit. And Lord, you got this. Lord, you've got this. You're just working all these things in us. Lord, I thank you that you will surround me with people who will pray that I will stand. And Lord, that I will be a people who will pray for people to stand. That will be in agreement with you and your power and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, wow, I feel that. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.